0: Welcome to Winning the Inner Game. This is Colton Lindsey. Hey, real quick before you watch the video. Are you looking for the most effective and affordable real estate sales training and coaching on the planet? Well, go to fearlessagent.com and check it out today. Enjoy the video. Welcome to Winning the Inner Game. This is Colton Lindsey. Hey, real quick before you watch the video. Are you looking for the most effective and affordable real estate sales training and coaching on the planet? Well, go to fearlessagent.com and check it out today. Enjoy the video. Joe Reardon, and here I am, Colton Lindsay, your host. I'm doing great, man. Welcome to the winning series interviews. Today, guys, we've got superstar, rock star, Awesome dude, dad, realtor, team leader, Joe Reardon from Century Twenty One Everest, right? Yeah. In Salt Lake City, Utah. Joe, yep. tell us a little bit in a
1: one minute about yourself. Okay, uh, one minute. Um, real night nutshell. Okay, grew up in California. Went to undergrad at Northwestern University. Moved to New York. Went to mass. Had a master's at Manhattan School of Music. Uh professional musician for years became an investor in 2000 moved out to utah in 2007 became a licensed real estate agent bam that's in a nutshell
0: (laughs) so what is your background what is your background before you got into real estate before you got into investing tell us your background what did you go to school for
1: yeah yeah so i'm i'm a professional trumpet player and uh I went to Northwestern for undergrad, and I studied with a guy in the Chicago Symphony, and then I went to Manhattan School of Music for grad, and I uh, studied with the guy who was principal trumpet in the New York Philharmonic for years, a guy named Phil Smith, and we lived in New York, and uh, my wife and I actually met uh, while we were both playing Beauty and the Beast on Broadway, which is kind of crazy. Whoa! Yeah, I didn't and know start you dating. And the Beast on Broadway. Yeah, yeah, we played tons of different Broadway shows, and so we actually, started, we actually met actually before that, but we started dating while we were both, you know playing Beauty and the Beast on Broadway.
0: Dude, so I just found out I have a friend that has been on Broadway multiple times. That's freaking yeah. awesome.
1: Well and in you, the pit. And you I'm were honestly, really but... into the symphony and trumpet.
0: Well, yeah. you were playing there, whatever I don't know what a music person does in general, but you were there <laughs> for sure.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah. We were down like down in the pit and you know and, and I, I don't have a lot of time now to do it, but I still do sub a little bit of the Utah Symphony here and do some recording work occasionally. Oh, okay. Because it's kind of hard, you know, as you know, real estate is a time-consuming profession.
0: Okay. Nice. So uh, I'm going to hold on one second, Joe. I think I'm having a problem right here with my link. Hold on one second. So actually, let's keep going. This is recorded. So tell me about um, you got into real estate investing. What year was that?
1: So that was in in two thousand and uh, in 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 New York City, and we we had a, we ended up getting a three family brownstone in Harlem. It was kind of urban pioneering, out there at that time. Um, we bought a place, and it was a place where we probably had probably ten to twelve different places that were still boarded up on the block. Actually, probably more than that. Probably like fifteen, fifteen. I don't know. I'm just trying to remember. Fifteen to twenty. that were probably boarded up on the block when we secured this property, and then. By the time we sold that property in um beginning of 2007, uh, everything had been remodeled and rehabbed. There was no longer any boarded up properties in the entire block. This is in Harlem on 149th Street. So it was really kind of the, the the Harlem Renaissance.
0: Did you did you guys ever do the the Harlem Shake as part of that?
1: <laughs> nah, no, nah, not so much, but uh, it, it was it was actually it was a great place to live. Uh, um, the whole area had been really revitalized. Um, you know, when I, I moved to New York in ninety two to do my master's, and at that time, that was probably a block that I probably would not have really wanted to set foot on. And by the time we left, I mean, it was it was such an awesome awesome block, and there's so much diversity, and it, and it was it was a it was a great place. It was a really great place. But we did the big life change, as you can see, we moved to Utah from from Manhattan, which is about, I mean, that's it's you can't get much more extreme than that
0: so what what brought you to um utah why utah of all the places
1: yeah that's a great question um you know my brother so i was living in new york city my brother was living in la and my brother was actually moving out here to utah um he was relocating part of his business and uh well actually his business and we said well that's great we'll go hang out with you um go out for like five days and hang out and uh um, help you find a house and you know be able to try a chance to see you guys hang out and kind of do all that and and uh, I had been out to Utah as a musician a little bit but not too much really and uh, what, what, got, what year did you move to Utah well we bought the house in 06 we ended up moving here in 07 so um, we got out here and it was like oh my god it's beautiful here so uh, we ended up buying the crazy crazy because this for us is not kind of really the way we do things but we actually on that we had thought about maybe getting out of new york but on that trip we actually put a house under contract and ended up buying that house which is nuts for us oh. yeah, i mean i mean because we have a special needs daughter and we we thought you know we really kind of thought about i mean living in in new york is not i mean it, i mean it's just it's difficult you put up with a lot of stuff that in some ways you don't put up with in the whole you know rest of the country and we came out here we're like oh my gosh it's beautiful um, which it is, I mean, and we live in a area called Draper, which is a really nice, you know, um, suburb kind of a salt lake. And it's, it's a, it's a really good quality of life. We, we like it. And, and your first winter, you're probably like, oh my
0: gosh, this inversion is amazing here. We love it. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the inversion, yeah, the inversion is probably the, really the only thing drawback to living in, in this area. And the cool thing is that at least that it only lasts for maybe a month and a half or two. It's not, you know. But this
0: last year, we didn't have that much at all, really. No, no, we, we had a, we like really anything.
1: nothing this 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 uh, winter. It was it was almost nothing at all. But I, there was a what, two or three years ago, where it was it was pretty bad there for for about forty five days. It was like, oh, oh my
0: god, yeah, I remember. It was a couple of years ago. It was really bad.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it, it was pretty oh, bad.
0: God, I gotta send this link real quick. I, I don't know what's going on. The link I sent out to some people got goofed, so at least
1: okay. send it real quick.
0: So 2006, when you got here, did you just automatically start into
1: real so, estate investing? Okay, so we we actually bought the house in 06. We actually moved here in 07. Um, I I ended up doing a couple different things for about. Two to two to two and a half years. I was a principal in a short sale company and a principal in a in a property management company. But I, I, then I really got into selling retail real estate in in 2010, and uh, that's really kind of taken off. And that's that's really that's what I do. I'm I'm a you know a retail real estate guy. So so
0: and, retail real estate. You were into short sales, running that. And I remember I met you at. Uh, how did I meet you? It was a, a transaction we did. You. you had a. a yeah, we, we actually had an SOI guy. who was sunset. up
1: in uh, Sunset, I think, right? Yeah. And you and I met on a transaction. Yeah. And and it was good because we had assistants who were really on top of it and were like putting together really good emails. And we thought, wow, these, these, these you know, uh, it's great when you find someone who's actually, you know, really running a good business and uh has got, you know, good people in place and is. You know, producing you know good communication back and forth, and unfortunately, it's it's not uh, it's not that common. So, uh, yeah. kind of see that. <laughs> I think you and I met and just started talking, kind of became friends from there. And with that being said,
0: when I, I think I wrote an offer on your listing, and you were offering me two and a half percent, and I said, Joe, hey man, you gotta pay me a full three. It's part of the offer.
1: That the. Um, Interesting. I mean, I, I don't really like to do that. The guy that was selling that house had, had um, he had a really um, in, intense thing happen in his he had life. Had some stuff. Yeah, he yeah, did. he had. Uh, it, it was. And he's, was it he's, a plane accident or something, right? Yeah, he, he he's, yeah he's, he had a bunch of stuff happen in his life, and I was just really helping him. Um, he's he's a personal friend. He's a tremendous guy, and uh, he, yeah, he had a bunch of stuff happen, and and we were just trying to really help him. Get rid of it at that time. It was just so. Um, uh, you know, it's one of these things. You run into someone, and you just you got to help them out. And we we wanted to just do whatever we could to just help him get get rid of the place for him. And it, and it was exactly
0: that. That's how we met. Mm-hmm. We started role playing
1: Yeah, and we did.
0: Then you invited me to a sleepover, and I invited you to a sleepover <laughs> or something, and we had a
1: sleepover in in
0: San Diego, right? Or was it San oh, Diego? Oh yeah, 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 right, right.
1: Yeah, because we went to the we went to the Mike Ferry one-on-one. Uh, we went Our to roommates in, in, yeah. in, in San Diego for that. Yeah, that was that was a good time. That was fun.
0: Yeah, so so that's pretty much how we started. And um so let's go back. What year did you start actively selling real estate here in Utah?
1: As a as a um, yeah, so when I want to think about really actually just selling real estate, which was probably two thousand. it was 2010. So so 2010,
0: mm-hmm. and at what time of year, 2010?
1: Uh, it was kind of about the beginning of the year. I was kind of getting out of the short sale business. Um, I was able to actually pick up a couple. I had to, probably uh, three or four of that closed short sales that I uh, went through through the process on that, and then I, I was able to pick up two or three bank-owned properties that year just uh, just by trying to – I was just trying to – I didn't know what I was doing at all, and I was just trying to generate business and just trying to move – just try to get a little bit better, and I, I actually, honestly, had no idea what I was doing, and uh, and I just I, I just knew I had to get business, and I was just doing it, and I, so in two thousand ten, um, I, I just I sold fourteen, um, and then I came over where I am now, in two thousand eleven, in end of January, and started kind of trucking from there. Got introduced to Mike Ferry, uh, learned a lot of stuff from there, and then you know things have kind of grown from that point.
0: First year in real estate, how many transactions?
1: So if I call it 2010, which is pretty much the t- – it was, it was 14 that year in 2010. How many? And 14 deals. Not very many in 2010. 14 deals. So you didn't retire the no, first year. No, no. And, and you know, if you remember like 2010, 2010 was a crazy year. Um, uh, it was still pretty awful here. Um, and, and I had no idea what I was doing. The next year, I came over to where I am now at uh, Century 21 Everest and really started um, – Learning about being an agent, learning about those, those skills that uh, I had really good knowledge of, of real estate, but I had to learn investor skills. I mean, I had to learn sales skills. I had to learn a lot of those other things. And uh, so George Morris over here is a great guy. I've learned a ton from him. Fantastic uh, broker. Um, really consider him one of, uh, really a, a key person in my life. He really helped me. So that first year there in 11, I did 24 2012, I did 39. 2013, I did 50. 2014, I did 62. And then this year, um, our, our we have we have two goals. We have a, we have a kind of a must hit goal of 80, and then we have a flex goal of 100. And uh, we're we're on pace to do to definitely do the 80. Uh, we and I, I think I think there's a really really good possibility that we're gonna we're gonna hit the hundred. So, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, where where are
1: you guys at year-to-date? Year-to-date, by the end of this month, I think we're going to be – let's see. Give me a second. Look at that. At the end of May here, we're going to be at uh, 30 – I think 35, and then we'll be – I think in June, we've got six or seven. Then I've got a couple others I think that will fall, hopefully, in the next two or three days, hoping to close about eight. Wait, so
0: you're at how many –
1: how many closed right now? And by the end of this month of May, we'll be at thirty-five, and then
0: you sucker, dude, you're fucking crushing it.
1: Well, I mean, it's good. I mean, I I think we'll we'll do a lot better the second half of the year, um, and so I, I we're gonna we should hit over forty for sure through the end of June. Um, it's weird. I mean, I you never. I mean, as you know, you never know. I mean, we can have. Uh, you could have 10 close in a month and then the next month you, you might close, you know, five. And my, my goal right now is what I really want to do is I really want to get to a place where I know I'm closing 10 every month for sure. Uh, that, that would be kind of like a baseline standard um, that, that that's what I'm moving towards. And, and knowing that and kind of having that as like kind of a minimum standard for our team.
0: That's awesome, dude. So I want to pause for a second. If you guys were actually able to get on, I know we haven't, uh, we had some problems with the links. Make sure you can go to, if you're watching it on the Google Hangout page, I've opened up the questions so you can put some questions there. If you're watching it on the Winning Series interview page, make sure to go ahead and start putting your questions down in the, the post below, uh, the thread below. So we'll be opening up the questions. So now let's kind of fast forward here, and we're talking 2015 mm-hmm. on track for a minimum of 80, probably going to do 100 deals. What's the makeup of the Joe Reardon sales team?
1: Uh, so the makeup of the team is it currently is right this minute. There's 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 four of us. There's me and then uh, Alicia and Mike, and who are two assistants, and then Jess, who works as a showing agent. So it's the four of us right now, and okay. uh, that's it
0: what is one thing that you know this year you've got to just get great at whether you individually or the team the business to really hit that 100 unit goal
1: yeah that's a great question I, I think i was just at a conference last week and and one of my main takeaways from that was was that i really need to get my my team is actually my team is great it's a great team and uh, I kind of look around here at the office I feel like I'm a very, very good team leader. I was exposed to, uh, I was in a conference last week, at, it's called The Core, and I was over there. And um, I'm a member of that group, and which is a great group. What is and The Core? Really, the plan. Core is a, is a training program for lenders and realtors, and uh, it's a fantastic group. And uh, the main thing that I learned, uh, that I realized, that I, I can do it, I've got, about. we're actually having a meeting, if you can believe this, on Monday. Uh, we're meeting on Memorial Day from 830 to 11 and uh, my wife is like you're such a slave driver I can't believe you but no we, we felt like we had to have it you know separate we're doing it we're actually doing it with the office office we closed but we're bringing in food we're gonna sit there for two and a half hours and we're just gonna go over about um, we have a, a list of things we're gonna implement to tighten up our systems our structures our team um, I've you know Part of it is me. I need to let go of some things. I think as as we, you can understand that, Colton. You get to things where you're like, I really want to let go of it, but I feel like I'm, you're digging in, and so you you got to trust your team. And then, so I feel that I've got it. I've got about some things we're going to implement that will really allow me to stay more in green time because that's the key. If I can stay in green time, say you know, five to six to seven hours a day, and and deal with um, issues maybe you know one to two to three hours a day. Um, that, that's, that's the, that's the difference. That's what will allow, um, allow us to really hit that. And and I think that's, that's the main thing right now. So
0: what is that? Your, your text? I just, my,
1: my phone thing, I thought I had turned it off. It's off now.
0: So, um, looking back, what would you say is the one thing from 2010 to 2015 that, ultimately just
1: drove your business to where it's at today because you of one thing it <laughs> one thing um i i think if i i mean to be perfectly honest in 2010 it was it was a question where it was like um at that point i mean i, I, have, a, I have a really good why okay i have, I have a special needs daughter and um, uh, pretty good why yeah and I want to make sure that that she is taken care of. and i and i um, and so I've got big goals for that to make sure those things happen. And in two thousand and ten it was really like i got to, I have to make this happen. I mean, it was kind of like there's no choice, and I'd come out of these other businesses and and I really had to move move things forward. So I had this this powerful why, and I had to make it happen. but then it was two thousand and ten it was just, I mean, I literally didn't know what I was doing. I just had to make things happen, and it was just kind of running around with my head cut off and just trying to figure it out. And I had no clue, and I had no model. Then I came over here, um, and then I started to be able to get some semblance of a model file. I got exposed to Mike Ferry, and and since then I've got exposed to a lot of different other things. So I think it was kind of the desperation. Uh, but the you know, I don't know if I'm answering the question right, but that's what it was at the beginning it was like really having a powerful why and knowing I'm I'm going to make this happen. And then we can talk about from so there.
0: I think what's interesting Joe one of the things that in my masterminds and on these interview series and when when people ask me I am obviously you know I'm a Kool-Aid drinker now at KW right, right? Mm-hmm. and one of the big things that Gary Keller has painted that as long as I've known the Keller Williams industry or or market or whatever is know your big why, but the challenge that I've seen with a lot of people in this why is they've anchored that why to a a giant new boat or a new house or- you are so right. All these things, right? And I want to point out to the viewers, Joe's why is probably one of the best whys you can think of because he anchored it directly to his daughter who obviously- with special needs, it's it's a lot of work. I can imagine as being a parent, and so it's it's not really about you,
1: right? Is, is am I fair to say that your why has you're, not really you're 100% to do with correct? You? And I've had this. You that is that is probably if someone can take this away from this call, I think that's probably the most important point. And we should probably spend at least a minute and have a quick chat about this. The most important whys are things that are outside of yourself. Okay, let me say it again. The most important whys are about things that are outside of yourself, okay? I think as agents who who do a lot of business, agents uh, that are are really driven people, a lot of driven people, okay, are by nature... um, there's a guy named Todd Screamer. He's the owner of Summit Funding who's just an unbelievable businessman. And I was in a class with him last, a week before last, and he said this, and I we all laughed. He's like, we're all so narcissistic. And um, there's some truth to that. And I think what we need to do, we need to become better human beings, and we need to find those whys that are outside of ourselves, because those will give us the... Um, the ability to really grow, become better people, and, and those are things that are, that are truly important. I mean, having a boat is great, but doing something that's going to change another person or the world or something like that, those are truly things that are important. And uh, I mean, obviously, we're doing this. We are trying to make money. And there's, I mean, there's, and I, you know, you know, Colton, you have a nice house. I have a nice house. That's great. And those are those are great things, and we like those things. But those are not what is really important. Um, and I think if we can figure out what is really important and solidify and anchor that why in one of those things, you, you're that is more than 50% of the game. Because I see a lot of agents. You're like, oh my gosh, I see you really work hard, and I'm like, yeah, because you know what? It's important. It's not about me getting yeah. a boat. It's important what I'm doing. And so, so I think I, I'm, I'm really passionate about that. And uh, I think that is probably one of the most important things I think people could hopefully take from us.
0: Well, I, 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 that's, I'm glad you brought that up so clear. I've been trying to share that message with this. Well, the whole thing with winningtheinnergame.com is we have these inner challenges, obviously, the mindset challenge, the rejection challenge. And for me, what really gets me past that is it's not about me. And it took me a while to get this. It never was about me, never has anything to do with me. It's about what value can I create for other human beings, other people? How can I increase their life? And I, do you know who Derek Lipski is? You ever heard of Derek Lipski?
1: Uh, yeah, I've heard of him. I don't really, you know, I, I know that name. So he, so he ha- he's got a, a pretty big following with his uh, YouTube, and he's, he goes by Mr. Soul. He's Keller
0: Williams agent in Massachusetts. Okay. And um, he has videos of him just handling some some gnarly expired calls to appointments. <laughs> but he flew out to speak – Red X flew him in this last week to speak at a corporate event. And so I, I've become good friends with him. I picked him up at the airport, hung out with him a little bit, and I made a video about this. My two first two – Real life experiences with this guy is one was, and you know, Salt Lake City, we got a fair amount of panhandlers, and uh, he's from Easton, close to Boston, mm-hmm. Massachusetts. And so he said that they actually have more here in Salt Lake than they're used to there in Boston, according to him. Okay? What? Really? That's what he told me. And uh, first corner, I'm just paying attention, and he whips out, I thought it was a $5, but he whipped out a $20 bill. And handed it to her. Sign said, "Single mother of three or something, right?" And mm-hmm. I asked about that because there's always been this debate: do you give to those panhandlers, do you not give to me? He says, "I don't care what they do with it. Honestly, I have something to give, and this person obviously needs something, whether it's money or not. It's it's the fact that I can give." Literally 20 minutes later, you know downtown City Creek, sure. uh, yeah. where it's got on Main Street's got the tracks. I'm walking across. We were going to go find a place to eat. I watched Derek, something you only hear about in movies or stories, literally help a little old lady cross the tracks with her walker, Right, crossed Main Street. and To me, the first two things I experienced with this guy is who had nothing – I mean I only know him through real estate. He was just about helping other people every step of the way in his life. It was just so cool to – to really get centered in and be like, "Holy crap, Colton, what are you doing right now to help other people?" So I'm glad you brought that up. Today. Right, and it's- and
1: you're you're right, dude. And, and I think in, I mean, we're we're, I think we're blessed to be in real estate. We have the ability to really help people, really help people make a difference in their lives. I mean, helping someone get a house that is a good deal, you know, for them. Um, I mean, it can really change their life. I, I've got a, there's a person I helped. Um, I don't remember what year this is. It was eleven or twelve. I think it was eleven. That uh, you know, they did not. They didn't make that much money. Um, they were paying. they were renting. We got them into a foreclosure. It um, was a screaming deal for them. And uh, and the, the bus was right outside of the house, so he could take the bus to work from there. Uh, it was an affordable payment for them. And um, the house needed a little work, uh, but it was a certain. It was a situation that. You know, if they waited a couple more years, I mean, it would have—it would not have happened for them. And I had a conversation with them. You know, we keep in touch, obviously, with all our clients, like everyone. And, uh, um, we had a conversation with later, and I was talking to you know, and it was like, hey, you know, we just refinanced the house. We got rid of the MI. We now uh, the our value is up, you know, it was really like literally like seventy thousand um, dollars. And uh, it, you know, then their payment dropped even further. I mean. And this is probably a situation they might not have ever been able to get into a house. I mean, they just didn't make that much money, and uh, it was a perfect thing. And and being able to do something like that, I mean, I mean, that really changed that person's life, and that feels really great. Um, and to have those experiences, and and it, you are you got to figure out you you know you're here to really make a difference in someone's life, and if you if you can kind of you have to understand that uh, and make that what part of what your why too is a to drive you you know. Really, truly making a positive impact on someone's life. And I think that then when you're prospecting um, can take you through some of these things where you got people that are, you know, if you're calling a FISBO or expired. I mean, a lot of these FISBOs, I mean, they honestly, you know, Colton, you and I have talked, they actually, they need our help. They sometimes don't think they need our help, but in most cases, they actually need our help. And um, I think so some of that, that mindset of how you approach it.
0: Absolutely. So uh, I'm, one of the things that I've noticed with Winning the Inner Game and being so involved with Fearless Agent, the Fearless Agent movement, is I've had a lot of agents just send me emails and messages say, Hey, Colton, thank you so much. Without what you guys are sharing with these interviews and masterminds, I would have got out of the business, but now I'm, I'm actually producing in real estate. To me, that's been one of the, the coolest things that I've seen is be able to help other agents
1: be able you know, to- That's build. awesome.
0: You know, because it's so it is a lot of work. What would you say? 95 percent of the agents get licensed will fail out of this business. Is
1: that? I, I think it's something like that. And I, I think in, in our market, in our you know, uh, you're in a little different market than I am. we're, we're you know, you're just north of me. And um, what what is it? I mean, the average agent, according per year, does something like two to four deals, like average per licensee. Yeah. Four deals I mean, or something. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 nuts. And now, of course, we have a lot of people that are part time. And we have a lot, you know, but it, it's not—it's not a huge uh, amount of deals, and uh, so—and I think part of that too is that there's not—I um, mean, I was really lucky to come where I to come over to the office I'm at. It's a great office, uh, great broker, um, great. Great environment.
0: Your office, like the number one Century Twenty One in the country, or something. It's the
1: the number one Century. If you take on an individual office, the number one Century Twenty One office in the entire world. It's country,
0: entire world. Yeah, it is. Yeah,
1: it's and there's there's um there's I think there's about, gosh, I'm looking. I think there's about three hundred agents here. Uh, I I can't remember the last count, but um and but it's a really it's a really good environment and. You know, and I, I think you've got a good environment, your office too. KW's got some great places, great offices, and and they have a great environment too. And I, I think part of that's important and part of that's truly rare in I think right. You would agree, right? That's pretty rare in the business, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, One yeah, of the things that I
0: I think is cool about with Century Twenty One in general, that I've noticed, because I was a Century Twenty One agent when I first started out, and they were in an older school model, but I think the new president, especially hooking up with Mike Ferry, whether you agree with Mike Ferry organization or not, has really got to the roots of, hey, yes, we need coaching with our agents. Yes, we need prospecting with our agents. It's not like we can sit back and twiddle our thumbs and and just inner office sell stuff like they used to in the 80s and, and the 90s. right? right. It's, you've got to get on the phones. You've got to be different. You've, I don't know if you're doing, are you doing direct mailers right now.
1: Uh, we 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 do yeah we we mail to a, a large database and uh, I'm also I'm also starting a farm actually for the first time ever, um, and uh, we do mailing. Tell
0: us about that. Tell us about your farm.
1: Well, I've got I got a farm. It's kind of we're actually just starting it right now. We've done a and it's I'm trying to approach it a little differently and um, that's something I I, um, I mean I think like everyone I wanted to like start a farm like where I live. I live in Draper and it's it's a nice area. The funny thing is, um, I, where I live, I get, you know, I get like 10 postcards a month. I don't know how many you get where you are, but I get like 10 postcards a month for different agents about different things and everything. And I mean, that's a lot. And, and but the funny yeah, thing I've is, I've never, I, I've never got one at my house ever. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, never. we we get where I am, I get inundated. The funny thing is, is I start pulling the numbers for my subdivision and, uh, there were only like three sales in my subdivision. Now, granted, most of those are gonna be five hundred thousand and up, which in our market, you know, where the median is like, you know, two twenty-five or something, those are good sales. But I mean, I, I'm looking at that going, I don't think that makes sense. I mean, you're you're I mean you're you're gonna have to capture I mean at least one of those, but I mean three in my whole subdivision it's it's not moving so I think people need to be strategic how they do that and I mean I'm obviously not an extra I'm just starting this now but I think you're gonna have to be strategic and look at places where actually homes are selling and that and that there's not a dominant agent in that market in that in that area Uh, and if you can do that I think you've got a chance to be successful but I know some great agents are doing it and they're um, they're successful and but they're you know it's a process it's like a year-long process so I think you have to be strategic how you do it and just not like just throw mailers out there willy nilly. I think you're going to be that's that's not really profitable or you've got to be
0: consistent. Consistent, You got to pick the area that you're going to mail to and you got to keep mailing them and mailing them and mailing them. It's not like one or two
1: postcards is going to get you a bunch of business, right? Absolutely. Because I think a lot of agents do it and they do it. And after like the third or fourth time, like, yeah, this isn't working. I I know a couple (laughs) agents across the country are doing and doing great with it, but they're like, you know, yeah, I didn't get my first thing until it was like 11 months. But then I know one agent um, who's in, um, she's in Virginia, who's really good with it, and she literally, there's a subdivision there. She owns that subdivision, and she probably does fifteen deals a year that are that are 400 five, four hundred plus, or something like that in that subdivision. Uh, I mean, it's like, I mean, if the house comes up, she's getting it. It's a no brainer. And uh, so, I mean, I, but she was also, you know, she was tactical the way she did it. And I think that's, that's, that's what people have to do and we'll see how it works. with me. So I want to just kind of change gears a little bit to
0: 85 to a hundred deals. How many, what percentage of those buyers, what percentage of those are sellers?
1: Okay, good question. So, um, up to this year, um, I was usually always about two thirds listings, one third buyers. And this year right now I'm, I'm probably, uh, verging on, on 50, 50 and I think I'll probably be about that. Um, I've had, I decided to make a change in my team. I had a really good buyer's agent who, who, who took off, and uh, but then I decided instead of hiring a buyer's agent, I decided I was gonna hire really kind of a showing agent who's on my team, who's on salary, and, and so with that, I feel like, I know I'm good at converting the leads, the buyers, talking to people, and I can get her out showing the houses as part of my team. We work together. And that's the whole thing I'm selling them, which is really the truth. We're working together as a team to get these deals done. And so we're going to do a lot more buyer deals. And I think we're going to be, um, which, I mean, is interesting. I think it's more of the KW model where it's like a 50-50 instead of the Mike Ferry model, which is more like kind of like a you know, 60 to 70% listing versus buyer. But you know what? Yeah. Man, the, buyers pay, the buyers pay great. You just have to have a good system and process, you know. To run it to do that. Yeah.
0: That's what I've noticed because
1: 2012,
0: um, that's what I did. It was me and Sarah and I did fifty two deals that year, and we were probably ninety percent sellers, right? Just wow. All sellers. This year, I'm probably about sixty percent sellers and forty percent buyers. We've really done a lot more buyers, but that's the last couple of years when I brought Garrett on, we started him as just making calls, moved him as a showing agent and and doing some market stuff. But the showing agent, man, I think is a way better model than just bringing I on a totally bunch
1: of I totally agree. I totally agree for for a couple different reasons. One, because you can have a cost in there that you can control. Um, you, you're you're keeping more of the commission. Uh, you do have a fixed cost there. You're gonna have a, you're gonna have a salary, and uh, uh, which is fine. And then probably a small small bonus, and that's that's kind of the way we do it. Um, so is that what you do? But, you pay a, a salary then a small bonus yeah, per close yeah, transaction? Yeah, and a, and a small bonus when we make our team goal on a monthly basis, not on each transaction. So, it's, so oh, I want them invested well, in the, the team. Goals. I want them invested in the team. I want them to be driven. We're all trying to work together as a team and I, that's what I'm really selling and to them and to everyone because that's, that's the best way. The other thing is that In the past, with buyers agents, when I turned something over, I all of a sudden I realized, like, oh my gosh! By the end, even if I was kind of calling, it ended up kind of being their client. And I Mm -hmm. want—I mean, you know, you and I—we're working really hard. And and those ones that are my clients, I'm turning over. I I want them to be my clients still. So in this way, I'm—I am more involved in the transaction, um, which is good and bad. It's good because I retain the client, and there's a little bit more time from that standpoint. But uh, I, 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 think it's, I think it's a way better model in terms of keeping them as clients because we want to keep these clients for life and really work with them forever and be able to get referrals for them, from them and treat them with you know, world-class service and, uh, you know, and loving on those relationships with them.
0: Okay. I want to just say if you're watching this video, make sure to start posting any questions that you have uh, just in the thread below or on the comment or the question section on Google Hangouts. I just want to remind you guys. So, of the amounts of let's talk about percentage of where your transactions come from. What percentage comes from referrals, past clients, FISBOs, expired, sign calls, those things?
1: Okay. So, um, my transactions now. This is this is changed, and I think this is probably a hopefully a natural evolution of of, of people's businesses. Now, I go back to say two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. Um, the majority of my, my deals were coming in were cold, and that it were like FISBO, expired. Um, I mean, I had things where I'd be on the phone, I'd be a wrong, wrong number, I like to, an expired. And I'm getting someone, and all of a sudden I'm turning them into a buyer. I mean, uh, I mean so a lot of that. At this point, uh, I would say that probably 75% of our deals are coming in from some type of referred basis. Uh, that's you know past client past client referral um we also I made a really trying to develop a lot of business relationships and trying to work with those people um, I'm in a and I group which for me has been great for some agents they they don't do very well in that for for us we've done very well in the b and i group um, so that that's it's really a natural evolution and hopefully that's an evolution that it's um, I think it can be a lot more fun, and than uh, then having to, you know, strap on the armor every day and and go battle it out with the Fizbos. I think, Colton, you probably agree with that.
0: Yeah, oh hell yeah! I mean, I in, in 2012, I did 52 deals, 37 of them were for sell by owners, and I mean, that, I that, that's that nuts, man. That that
1: that's that's fantastic. I mean, I had to
0: hustle to get those deals, man, and it's oh yeah. I mean, it, it sometimes was fun, it was, but it sucked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's fun because you and I think both, we've talked about this before. Whenever we get a FIS, we're always super happy. Like, yeah, you know, we've like got that, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great victory, right? It's a really good victory to get that. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's, you're really boy. And and the interesting thing is in our market where we live compared to the rest of the country, we have tons of FISBOs and anyone else in this call knows that in there, sometimes in their markets, they don't have like FISBO. What are you talking about? We get like one or two. No, we get tons of FISBOs here. Uh, so, but at the same time, man, it can feel like it can feel like brain damage, you know, when you're on the phone. And like-
0: they're they're cocky suckers too, especially in this type of market, man. I so yesterday I was calling a list that I had created. It was called pending Fisbos, which for sell by owners I would spoken with, either set an appointment with or spoke with that had already gone under contract. And I like to call them back a couple weeks later to see how their transaction is going. I had four of them that had fallen out of contract but had already resold their house for sell-by-owner. And it's like, holy crap, man, I can't believe this is happening in this market. So I guess a quick moral of the story is for sell-by-owners built my business, but, man, I'm so thankful for that natural evolution of referrals. Yeah, you feel the and, same way? Uh,
1: that, that's, that's the great thing. And I, but I think also you have to be – I see some agents who – who haven't made that evolution are still still pounding that stuff, and they, they have to because they're not they're not doing the things uh, to treat their past clients and stay in touch with them, and uh, to really I mean those those are relationships you have with those people, and you need to treat those like you know um, those are great relationships. And, and what do you do? You need to like stay in touch with them. You need to you know, do whatever you can to help them out. I mean, we're always like, I'm on the phone. Like, hey, what do you need? Is there any vendor we can help with? We've got tons of great vendors. We've got whatever we can do to help them and, 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 and show that we care and show that we care about right. them. And that's the cute thing. You care about them, not just about you getting commission. I got someone who called me up last week and, and I'm trying to help them with their house. And, and, and I really want them to be in a position where we can figure out what to do so they don't have to sell, because I don't want them to sell, because it's not what's best for them. If we have to, we'll do it, and that's great, and I'll be great, I'll get paid, but I think that's a mindset that um, not too many agents have, and or that mo- more agents should have. So I got I, uh, just a couple more
0: questions before I go start going off some of the questions from those watching. As you talk about relationships and nurturing those relationships, it's not really about the output it's about the input right your roots determine your fruits how about relationships with other realtors how do you have relationships
1: do you manage those relationships are they beneficial for you tell me just real quick (laughs) on that well um you know i i think colton obviously meeting you has been really great and uh, i consider you a a good friend and uh and you and I have done some business together. We're trying to do some business on, on a couple of things right now, actually, and and so that's been really great. I have a, a handful of other agents uh, that I do get some business with, and that actually can is one of the surprises to me. I, I thought, oh, yeah, I don't want to, you know, hang with the other agent. I mean, it is great, first of all, to to meet other agents that are doing lots of business, and because uh, there's always things you can learn, and that that's that's the first thing. And then the other thing is. You potentially can do business with them. I've got a couple agents in this office where I've, they're, I've got listed homes where they're, you know, and uh, they're like, hey, I've got this lead, and they weren't really comfortable, or they, maybe they're out of town, or when I've listed homes, and I've got another agent in a, a market away from here that's like St. George, that refers me stuff, and um, I think being that person in your office that they know and can trust, and and will know that do the best thing for their client, I think that is, is, is helpful. And I think, I, I think all the, all of them know that I'm not going to like screw over their client for a commission or anything like that, that I'm, I'm vested in making sure that those relationships that are, are going to be there. And, and going to be a good, you know, it's going to be a good outcome and, and good process for that, for their client.
0: I think the one thing I see, and I've got a lot of business from other realtors just from staying in touch with them. But the one thing that I, I look for, and I see this with you because I've contacted you on stuff, is not only are you going to treat people right, but I know you can close it. right. I know you can get it done. Right. I know you're, it's going to take – what has to happen to go from A to Z can be done with the Joe and sales team. So I want to open it up to a couple questions. I got one from Roy Harrell. He's a realtor with Keller Williams and Westside Realty.
1: He asked, what prospecting methods work best for you and your team? What prospecting methods methods work best for for me and and our team? For okay, and, and team. so great. Um, that that so it depends where you are in that life cycle. Um, I mean, I think the thing is that uh, we have to develop the people around us. We have to know the people that we that we know that we already have relationships with. We need to develop all of those things. We need to write all those things down. We need to have a database, and then we need to call that database. We need to email that database. We need to, you know, stay in touch with them in, in every way possible and nurture those relationships. Make sure they know that we're selling real estate. Make sure that they also know that you know we're trying to do something for them. Because I, I think part of that thing is on the database calls. I see sometimes um, on some calls and. Um, how do I say this? Well, I've seen some ferry agents when I, when we've talked um, that those calls can be kind of like gimme, 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 gimme. And it can't Uh be gimme, gimme, gimme. It has to be, Hey, here's, I I really want to stay in touch with the developer relationship. I want to provide things that are value to you. So those things, first of all, then you have to deal with what are the cold leads and how are you going to prospect those for sale by owner expired uh, traffic driven to your website. However, you're going to do that. If you're going to, pay for some of those leads. I'm not a huge fan of paying for leads. Um, I don't really do much of that. So you need to nurture that database. Now, if your database is not big, you're gonna have to get on the phone and call people you don't know, whether it's a just-listed call, whether that's a for sale by owner, whether it's an inspired, and you're gonna have to do that, and you're gonna have to learn your scripts. So I think its main thing is, first of all, just doing it. Second of all, learning your scripts learning what you're saying, how you're saying, being conversational, and then go, putting a plan together to do that. I have a plan. Uh, Mondays, I call um, top 50 business people or top 50 favorite people. Then And then um, then Tuesdays is all uh, current uh, current client calls and going over everything in the transaction and asking for referrals. So uh, one of the things with that is, hey, you know, Colton, uh, great. So I just want to give you an update where we are here. We, we got your house under contract. You know, where you've uh, uh, they came through the inspection. You know we've gotten through that, right? Everything's good, and everything we're looking good. Yeah. Just you know we're, we're everything seems to be on track here, where everything's going great. Do you have any questions for us right now? No, I think we're good. Okay, great. And, and I mean, that that's what we want to make sure we're treating you in the best possible way because we want to earn a ten from you on this transaction. So at this point, are we earning a ten from you on this transaction? Yeah, I think so. you guys are in touch with us on a great. regular basis, and you're really well, helping us out. So, l- so Colton, promised me this. If we are not earning a 10 from you, you're going to let me know, right? Yeah, I definitely will let you know. Perfect. So, I mean, we want to make sure we're earning that 10 for you because we, we really, really care about you and your family. We want to make sure we're doing the best possible thing. So um, that's about it for now. We promise we'll be back in touch next week. Now, just one other thing. I mean, I'm so glad we're earning a 10. I'm just curious. Do you know anyone else that could benefit from what we do? Who, who do you know? Who do you know right now that's maybe looking to buy or sell?
0: Okay, yeah. I, I can't think of anyone, but we'll definitely send them your way because we, we've enjoyed our,
1: our time with you guys for sure, our experience. Perfect. Hey, thanks so much. I really appreciate you thinking about that. And, you know, and you're just going to go through because you're asking uh, – current client referrals, I realized that we were not doing a good job getting current client referrals. And so we had to have a system of process scripted to go through that. So then on Wednesdays, yeah, you know, we're going to go through um, – uh, Sorry, Wednesdays we'll look at. We're going to be through, through database. Thursdays we got. To, we're looking. We have a top past client list that's not available in the database. And then, then Fridays we're really kind of going and trying to develop those and call some of the whale leads and, and then also uh, cold calls and other. So it's there's definitely a process we have in terms of what we're trying to call in the days we're trying to do it. And
0: that's probably evolved in two thousand fifteen from two
1: thousand twelve. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. In 2011, 2012, it was just like, man, I got to get on the phone and I got to make things happen. Uh, it was calling FISBOS every single day, expires, trying to get their numbers. Uh, you know, whether you're Vulcan 7 or Red X, um, trying to do that. Um, and we still do some of that. And I'm going to be doing some of that. What was about- the tipping point?
0: The the time from when you didn't hit as much as the expires and FISBOs as you used to, um to to where you're doing more of your your top 50 and your your which by the way current customers is so overlooked by agents you need right. to be really working that system for referrals a lot of my great referrals come from my current client uh, uh current and active clients so I totally agree so what was me. the tipping point transactions like when you were doing
1: what 30 transactions 50 transactions when did it well, start I, to I, shift? I, I think it was it was it was about there it was also too when I had enough transactions that had already banked, and I had enough of a database and I had enough of past clients, enough of people to to actually you know go out to because you figure every person that you you got in your database that you have a good relationship with they hopefully know two hundred and fifty people, right so you're really yeah. trying to mine all of their databases you know yeah. of people and and so so that. That is, I mean, it's Colton, you would agree. I think that's the best the best way for us to get business. But then we've got to generate Absolutely. all the other media business, converting sign calls. I mean, that's another thing. I don't know how you feel about sign calls. I think sign calls are unbelievable.
0: and, and hey, I, thanks I, to you, Joe. Thanks to you, Joe. Now all of the sign calls are actually handled with inside of my sales team. So we have made that transition. Good, transition good. And I bet you… I bet you we've closed three or four deals off of it this year. Thanks to, to that for
1: me. Well, so, well, yeah, last year, last ton, year but we closed 15 deals off sign calls. And uh, and I guess I realized the year before, man, we closed hardly any. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. So we, we really focused on that. Sign calls, you got to, man, you got to treat those. You got to get on the phone, get them and talk to them. And I mean, they're calling for a reason. They want to buy a house right? Or, yeah. or you might have to sell. A lot of I'm times so they have a house leads. to sell. Yeah, yeah. So we, so I mean, those are great leads and, um, but you have to well, have the be to, to get, looky get loo.
0: Let's say you get the Lookie loo mm-hmm. that's still, you can add them into your database, right? Absolutely. Now you're
1: mining them. And, and, and the I mean, looky-loo I, is someone in that area, usually in that subdivision, right? And so then they so, see, so let's go back. Like, the question is,
0: to answer Roy in a nutshell, depending on your level of transactions and number of deal close, you're either going to be doing a lot more colder leads. If you've been in the business you know a few years and have got banked your, your closings, then you can start working your, your SOI. But Absolutely. either way, your focus should be create a database and start building it. It is a garden that you grow with time. Just nurture that. so
1: now I would say the vast majority of agents don't do that in an effective way. I think everyone, I mean my my challenge here is look, I moved out here, um, and my wife and I with our daughter are fairly involved in that in terms of just taking care of her. So we don't have a ton of outside people that we know. So um, I look at people that have that have lived, you know, here where I am in, in like Salt Lake area, lived their whole life. I'm like, oh my gosh, why why don't you have your huge database, I mean, they aren't doing it, they're afraid to call them, they're afraid to talk about it. If you have the skills, you know what you're doing as an agent, you need to be able to talk to those people and let them know and cultivate that from day one. Now, day one, you might not have great skills So, and great knowledge. You've gotta learn, you're gonna have to learn what you need to know so that you can be that person of value Uh, So that's another part of it, too. Once you can be that person of value, those people, then you've actually have something good to talk to them about. Um, And, you know, that takes a little bit of time. And There's different ways you can do that, too. But that's the one thing from day one. The other thing, too, is then getting on the phone and you got the cold and the warm. Your warm is your SOI. Your cold is is the people you don't know that you've got to talk to. And you've got to do that in a high level quickly from day one.
0: Great. So Roy, just to follow up on one of his questions was, do you recommend, and just a short answer on this, do you recommend that new agents join top producing sales teams?
1: So, so as a brand new agent in the business, um, yes, yes. I'm, uh, I think that's, that's a great idea um, because, because most, most places that you're not going to get a lot of education, I think joining with someone where you know you're going to chance to learn um, now, the question is, what are, you know, how much contact you're going to have with that person? Some of the teams that are huge, that are 16, 17 people, are you truly going to have a lot of contact with that team leader who, who hopefully, I mean, in, it just depends where you are. Hopefully that person has a lot of knowledge, hopefully and a lot of experience, be able to like impart that to you. Um, I would say if you are going to do that, it's probably better to join a team where that person has evolved as a, in their own business and is not just doing something like buying a zillion hundred leads for you and just having you go at it. Um, That would be kind of my my personal opinion on that because then you have a chance to actually learn that from someone because your goal is to be able to learn this business and not have to buy the business. Absolutely. Okay, Jeremy crit asked the question,
0: if I can get it, what three things that Joe
1: recommends that new agents do starting from day one to create a successful career in real estate? Okay, first of all, figure out who you know, write that down, get all their information, first and foremost, you gotta do that. You gotta know all those people that you know. And here's the other thing, I think you need to sit, there's actually, Buffini has a way of doing this, uh, that they, they've taught in their things, and, uh, which is you really go in and you sit in a dark room or whatever, you, you know turn off the light or whatever, get a pad so you can write, and just start writing down names. And don't judge the names, just start writing down names. Go spend like half an hour, write down all the names you can think of, okay? I don't even care if they're in the state. Just write down all the names you can think of. Then take a break, go walk around for a little bit, come back, come back to the pad of paper. All those names. Now, look at every single one of those names, no judgment yet, anything about it. Each one of those names, because I know you know, Colton Lindsay. Who else do I know because I know Colton Lindsay? And then write down that other list of names like that. And now my hope is that you're going to get somewhere between two to 300 or 400 names by the time you're all done and don't judge it yet. Then start getting all the information and then you can start putting a process together that to do that. And the other thing is start learning your scripts and start getting on the phone, calling people you don't know and learn what that's like and, and learn how to do that. And so I think those are the top two things right out of the gate is you got to get focused on lead generation. Because without so that, one, you're going to die. One is, right,
0: a list of all the people you know to start your database. Mm-hmm. Two is get on the phones and start calling people. And so then probably three would be start mastering your scripts, right?
1: Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, that kind of, sorry, that that would be the, the third thing is I, I think from day one, you'd need to be start mastering your scripts, mastering a database script. I mean, there's plenty of ones around. Um, and I would almost say that you should, you could, before you get on the phone, spend a week, okay? Spend a week mastering a script of database and mastering a script of just, you know, I mean, you could do some for sale banner expired or just listed, and that's probably okay to just learn on the fly with that. With your database, you really want to master a script and have some of those things before you start getting on the phone with them because those are people you already know. I mean, there's plenty of other people that you don't know that you can practice on, but I would say get a good script that you're going with your database and and talk to, you know, some people you know of doing that and and go over that script with them and master that have it be conversational so you know what you're gonna say when you get on the phone with them and, and probably get involved with some sort of coaching or training I know probably from the beginning uh, you've definitely been involved with coaching you do well, coaching now right, right. As well I, I do I, I, you know I'm, I'm actually probably looking to bring on you know two or three other people. Um, 2010 was was a, was a you know I, I sold 14 and I, I didn't have a plan and I was just freaked out. And then I came over to our office here in 2011. All of a sudden, I started having a plan, and I started having some models. And I, I you know, because I was at a small brokerage, so I was like the only one selling. I mean, we had a we had a had an, a broker who lived. I was like, I think I was like really the only agent. I mean, a broker who lived in California. I mean, it was just there was nothing going on. And even if you go to other brokerages that are big, you don't really get um, that training. So yeah, getting involved in coaching is a great thing for people. And and that that. I think is is probably one of the huge things if you can get involved with something you have the ability to do that from day one that will help you because because you know you need mentors you need people to help you I mean when I was a musician, I went and I stayed with the best people around I mean I stayed with the principal Trump in the New York Philharmonic and then a guy who, is, uh, who taught Northwestern used to be he was one of the leading trumpet teachers really in the world his name was Vincent Chikowitz at that time and um, that and it was it was being exposed to that and then it being exposed to the other people that were with that too. So getting involved in something like that is really so
0: following and learning and studying from someone that has the proven results of what you're trying to accomplish in a nutshell. Right.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I think you're you we all need models. We don't need to invent the wheel. I mean uh I, I think Sometimes people get involved in real estate and they really want to do it because they think, oh, I'm going to have so much freedom. I'm going to be able to do what I want to do and all the time. And, and real estate is a, is a, you know, a business that's got a high failure rate. And so putting the odds in your favor, getting involved with, with people who, who have done this before, you can model and, and who you can trust, I think is, is paramount.
0: So I'll put a plug in. Right below, if you're watching on the lead page, or I'm sorry, on the uh, Winning the Inner Game page through lead pages, there's a button. Click here to join the Fearless Agent movement. One of the best value ways of coaching, you can get involved for $3.25 a day. That's $97 a month. Get involved. Back to Jeremy Crute's question. He said he was actually asking that question. I'm just going to answer this for you, Joe, in the context of where I would be moving to an area where I do not know people. And Jeremy, I don't know if... The whole point with, with Joe is he was not from here. He moved here from New York, right? Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Moved here from Manhattan. Did not know anyone in 2010 when he started his business to where he's at in 2015. So that's what he's saying. Go down and write a list of everyone you know, whether they're in the state or not. Just start creating a list of people you know and, and start building that database. So you can, you'll you be surprised that when you ask yourself these questions how you can, from nothing, create something. The impossible becomes possible,
1: the invisible becomes visible. Right, right. So, so just get started. That, that's a great point, and in 2011, I was trying to put my database together when I got over this office, and I, I had like 25 people in it, and that was stupid. I, I, I even, you know, I, we definitely knew more people than that, and I just, so I think that's one thing you gotta get get together, and you gotta figure out, you need to figure out how to call them in an appropriate way. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think that's, that's those are so whether it's starting with 25 or 250, start with the
0: number of people you have and get going. Yeah. Here's one more question, and then we'll, we'll end up wrapping it up from Reynaldo Ruiz. Uh, he says, How soon would you call back an expired listing or for sale by owner uh,
1: <laughs> after being rejected? Would you call back or continue on with, with other new ones? All right, Colton, you and I should both answer this question. Uh, so expired in FISBOS. In our area here, FISBOs, man, they're getting so many calls. They can't even remember the agents they rejected. I mean, you could, you could, you could probably, you know, in my area here, you know, if I'm getting on the phone and I hit that guy at like 9 AM, people aren't calling at eight, he's probably had like 12 calls first day FISBO. And uh, so. I really wouldn't worry about that, to tell you the truth. And unless you made some really big impression on him, most of the time he's rejecting everyone. So I, I don't, I don't think that's a huge, uh, huge problem. I think you're making more of that of being a problem than it really is. Fizbo's expired. Yeah. I mean, you know. Well, the thing is, too, with a Fizbo
0: and an expired, is sometimes it's just a timing issue, right? You don't right. know if that dude got a flat tire on the way to work right before you called him, or if. All of a sudden, his motivation just increased because he got his job transfer to come through. Right? You
1: don't know Absolutely. what's going on in his life. So it's a lot of it's just timing, just staying in touch with cool. people. So, Totally. And the other thing, too, is like, look, we're all at home. We get calls for stuff that we don't want. I mean, how do we act? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, oh, well, thank you so much for calling. I'm, I'm so, thanks. You know, I really want to buy this new uh, blender you know, great. You know, I mean, no, we're, 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 we're doing the same thing. So I think if you can think about it from that perspective, just for like, you know, just have a little bit of humor with it and, and understand that like, yeah, you know, you, you're not going to be for everyone and uh, you got to catch them the right time. And, and I wouldn't really worry about it. Yeah. Amen. So get on the phones. So the, the
0: answer is yes. Call them back. And, and what I do is I call people back until I realize I just hate them. That's a good reason I don't call them back. <laughs> <laughs> One is they've listed with someone else, or two is they've uh, they've sold uh, their house already. Otherwise, they're still getting calls from me, and I just have a database of for sale by owners, about 500 for sale by owners. I'm constantly calling, following up with some of the hotter ones or the warmer ones where I had a little bit better connection. Then I'll do a little bit more customized follow-up process with them, but for the most part, it's just – calling them and i mean i've called for sale by owners that have been in my list for for two years all of a sudden now i'm setting an appointment right and they're sitting down and signing a listing contract
1: with me right and the other thing about that too is that uh you and i both know right like some of the best for sale by owners that we've you might get them on maybe the seventh or eighth call sometimes or even if, if it is a first day call you got to battle If if it's a first day call and I'm on the phone with them for like 40 minutes and I've tried closing them and I've closed them like nine times and like on the 10th time I finally get an appointment, boy, I know most agents are not willing to do that and then you know you've got a good one. So, I mean, the whole rejection thing with for sale by owners, I mean, it's, it's, you know, and we all know it's difficult to some degree and and some degree if you can make a game out of it and do it, you're going to be a lot better off but, you know. Make that game out plan. of it yeah. Yeah. and just be okay with getting rejected.
0: Don't go yeah. to every appointment like, I've got to get this appointment. You know, it's not about getting every one. It's about getting X, of, it's about getting a hundred deals or whatever your goal is. Right. It's here and uh, just get used to being rejected, uh, be the best at being rejected and know that you're going to be rejected and just keep calling people. Yeah.
1: what's you know, what is it? The, the more rejection you can handle is directly proportionate to the amount of money you'll make. Yeah. That's why I got such an amazing
0: wife, dude, because I was rejected so many times before. <laughs> I just kept going and going. You know what I mean? So. Okay, Joe. Hey, I appreciate you being on this interview. Um, appreciate everything you do and all the advice you give out to all these agents. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, Joe, send your referrals to Salt Lake City. How can they do that?
1: So uh, that's great. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Colton, it's been great. Uh, I consider you a Great friend of my life. I, it's been great getting to know you. You're, you're like you're one of the funniest guys I know. when We have some of the calls. Like you, just, you just get me laughing like crazy. Um, so my cell phone number is 801 608 9224 So that's 801 608 9224 my email is Reardon R E A R D O N dot realtor at gmail.com. And uh, our 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 website is ww.gojoe and thanks so much. I really appreciate
0: it. Yeah. So you could get a hold of Joe, whether to send referrals to Salt Lake City or even if I know, I think you mentioned he has two or three openings for coaching clients. You know, I don't know what you charge or what your program is, but you can call him and get in touch with him with that. Uh, thanks, guys, for watching the Winning Series interview. Make sure to be a part of the Fearless Agent group page on Facebook. Also, coming up this Tuesday is another free training uh, teleseminar you can register for. And next Friday, actually, we're doing a live event at the Landmark Home Warranty Headquarters in South Jordan, Utah. It's a three-hour free event on the five presentations. You guys can come to that as well. Join the fearless agent movement. Thanks, guys, and have a great Memorial weekend. We'll see you. Thanks so much. If you want free content and world-class training on inner game, real estate, and turning the impossible into possible and the invisible into visible, well, visit me at winningtheinnergame.com and enter your name and email to the winner circle. We'll see you there.